Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. Okay, this is a really exciting episode because I get to have my friend William Warren join me, and he's got a book coming out that I got a sneak peek of, and it's fantastic. So we're going to get into all that. William, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell everybody who you are real quick and what you do. Sure. So my name is William Warren. I uh, own a business, started a business called The Sketch Effect. We're a visual communications company. And basically what that means is we use visuals to help our clients communicate their ideas in a more effective way, in a way to where the ideas are more understandable and actionable to the audiences. So <clears throat> what does that look like? Typically, we will do animated videos, motion graphics, whiteboard videos. We'll do infographics. But I think the service we're best known for is a live event service, which is called graphic recording. And all that means is we have a team of artists and we attend corporate events, whether it's a trade show or a leadership conference or a brainstorming session or a workshop. And while that event is taking place, our artists are in the room. They're actively listening to the content. They have a large canvas set up. They got markers. And while people are talking, we're drawing. We're literally sketching out what they say in real time creating a visual mind map or an artifact of the big ideas. And so we've gotten to sketch all over the world for all different types of clients. And it's a lot of fun. Well, the story in the book where you, I mean, you basically, the a lot of the book is you telling the story of how you grew your company. It's really interesting and exciting. Um, I've been to some events where there was somebody doing that type of work. I don't think I've been to one where your company was, but it's awesome. So I love that you're doing that. And I got to come to your office, what, last week? Um, and you know, you've got drawings everywhere. It's super cool. It's a it's an incredible privilege. I mean, I get to I have to pinch myself to uh it to remind myself that this is not a dream, that I'm actually getting paid real money to go hang out with awesome clients, attend great meetings, and sketch uh for a living. And not only me, but my team, you know, we've gotten to scale over the last 10 years, we've gotten to grow and scale. So we've got a whole team of artists, you know, we're all over the place from Miami to California, even international. And it really is a dream come true that we get to provide this really fun service to clients and add value to their work and support what they're doing. It's, uh, it's quite an honor. That's awesome. And, um, I have one thought before we jump into everything. Do you know about Richard Branson's, um, the summits he has at his island. I've heard about them. I've heard <laughs> about them. We have not yet been invited to one. If yeah. That's where you're going. But maybe if right. I play my cards right, we can. I think, you know, there's there's got to be somebody listening to this that somehow has a connection to him. But basically, what I, as I understand it, I've got a friend that got to go. Uh, Branson will pick a topic. In this case, with my friend, it was education. And he invited, I don't know, a dozen or 15 people from around the world who are experts in some area of education, he flies them down to his island. They stay there for two or three days. They give talks to each other. They have these great insights. And it's like his way to absorb an area that he's really passionate about and connect people who he thinks then can do more good together. Mm. And it just seems ripe for you or one of your people to be there capturing that. 
Branson would love that. Come on. So if anyone knows Richard Branson, uh, <laughs> my name is William Warren. You can find me at thesketchfact.com and let's talk. Beautiful. All right, good. Got that out of the way. Um, okay. So you wrote uh, a book called The Conquering Creative. And as I said, I got I got a chance to read it. It's so, so good. We're going to talk about what the book is about, but I just want to start with like, why a book? How long have you wanted to write a book? I've wanted to write a book since I was probably three years old. I've always had two creative loves. The first one is illustration and the second one is writing. So ever since I was a kid, I've been drawing comics, drawing cartoons, and also creating little books. I've got boxes and boxes of books in my basement uh, in bins of, of you know taking paper and writing them out, printing it out and stapling it together and making my books. That's just been part of my creative, you know, creative process and creative uh, rhythms ever since I was a kid. Um, however, this book really, the idea for this book emerged around three years ago. I knew I wanted to write a book and I was advised to write about what you know. And so I don't know a lot of things, but I have learned and I know how to grow and scale a creative business. So I thought, I'm going to write a business book for creative people. Um, Because I'm a creative person. I have managed to grow and scale a successful creative business. So let's write about that. So I started working on it in 2020. And then something happened in 2020. Maybe you heard of it. Um, But I had to basically jump back in and save my business from going under. We almost went out of business in 2020 because our, our business model is based on corporate live events. So... We had quite a disruptive 2020. So I put the book on hold for about two years. And then last year, fall of 2022, I thought, you know what? It's time to make this happen. Let's do it. And so I uh, I heard from... Um, uh, I heard about Ripples Media and I looked into the books and the authors you're working with. And I thought, this seems like a great group to partner with to bring this book, to, to make this book a reality, to make my vision a reality. So yeah, we started working last fall. I think it was October as we kicked off the work. And uh, it's it's live as of May second. It'll be available on Amazon, and so about seven seven month process, and it's been quite a blast. Yeah. Well, you know, anyone who reads this book is going to think this is your tenth book because it's so well done. And that was my first question. Like, I knew you as a creative, and I knew you as a a leader. I didn't know you as a writer, and clearly, that's been something. This is not new to you. The writing process, clearly. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I've always loved writing. Um, wrote a lot of papers and things like that throughout the years, and just I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the process. And and I will I'll, I'll give a shout out to your team at Ripples, uh, Andrew J and the team. They have done an amazing job of coming up behind me and you know fixing all the mistakes and making it look sharp. Um, and so I'm grateful that I agree with you. I think the final product is 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 real. I'm really proud of it. And so it's been a team effort and can't wait for folks to get their hands on it. Yep, absolutely. So your goal with the book is, I think, and and you tell me if I'm wrong, is to help other creative people like you to be able to either scale their career or start scale their business. The idea being that they're creative. um, And so the, the idea of business and finances and operations can be daunting. And so you didn't have this book to guide you when you when you created your company and so that you were sort of writing it for your your past self is that accurate that's exactly right so these days especially more than ever it's never been easier to become a professional creative whether you are seeking out a job at a big company or an agency or you want to grow your own business or or freelance full time 
it's never been easier. And so creative people, though, by our very nature, are not typically wired to do the business side of things. I know I wasn't, and most creatives I talk to are also not jazzed up about all that businessy stuff. We're just not. It's not in our nature. You know, we love to draw or paint or illustrate or animate or design or blog or write, whatever it is. We don't necessarily love looking at a PL. We don't necessarily love sales. We don't necessarily love delegation or hiring or, you know, all those things that go into running a successful business. But the reality, and I address this in the very opening chapter of the book, and I call it the creative's conundrum. The reality is that if you want to be a professional creative, if you want to make a living doing your passion, if you want to um, take your skills and turn them into something that can sustain you and your lifestyle, you have to get decent enough at the business side of things. You, you can't hide from it. And, and you know, you can't you can't ignore it. I mean, you can ignore it for a little bit, but if you want to have a successful, sustainable, fulfilling creative career, you have to have a, a good enough level of business acumen. And so this book is my attempt to distill 10 years of lessons learned, um, both from my own experiences, but also from mentors and advisors and peer groups into, into nine, you know, nine lessons. And I, and I call them shifts, shifts in thinking, shifts in actions, and shifts in outcomes. That's how the book is structured to help creatives take that next best step in terms of the business side of things. And the moral of the story, I'll, I'll, the, the spoiler is that it's not as hard as you think. Um, because when I was starting off my business 10 years ago, I was I was terrified. I, I, I didn't want to do it. Uh, it. To me, business was overwhelming. It was boring. It was scary. And I thought it was very, very, very hard. And I've learned it's not as hard as you think it is. The bar is not as high as you think it is. And even just a modest level of business acumen will set you light years ahead of your competition and on the way to a successful creative career. Why Why did you start your business at the very beginning? So my business origin story is really interesting. And it actually involves one of the other Ripple's authors, Michael McCatherine. Shout out to Michael. So before I started my business, I worked full-time at Chick-fil-A corporate in the marketing department. I was there for about 3 years. And um, had an awesome role with a great team and a great and exciting dynamic part of the business. At the same time, though, I, I, I've always been an illustrator. I've always loved drawing. Like I said, I was doodling and drawing since I was a kid. So in order to have a creative outlet in the context of my role, I started to sketch and draw during meetings. You know, instead of taking normal notes in a normal notebook or typing up my notes, I would draw my notes. And for me, this was just a creative outlet. Um, and sometimes if it was appropriate, I would hop up on a whiteboard and we would have a meeting and I would be doodling and sketching out the concepts on a whiteboard or if my teammates wanted to kind of workshop some idea or prototype some new software or new app or something, we would get in one of the whiteboards. And if, if your listeners have ever been to the Chick-fil-A office, there's just whiteboards everywhere. Every wall is a whiteboard. It's incredible. So I started just doodling all over the home office at Chick-fil-A. And for me, it was just a creative outlet but the the lights really cl clicked or the magic really started to happen when people around me said, hey, William, this is like really a valuable thing you're doing. This is making our meeting better. This is helping the ideas. Uh, this is helping us get the ideas out. This is helping us workshop this thing. So I got asked by other departments outside of marketing to come and sketch in their meetings. So I would hop across the street and go visit a supply chain meeting or go into an HR session and, and whiteboard. And, and thankfully, shout out to, to Michael, who, who actually was my former boss 
at Chick-fil-A at the time, he was cool with it. He encouraged it. He said, you know, as long as you get your work done, like go for it. So I started drawing and doodling all over, um, all over Chick-fil-A. And then I had folks outside of the organization reach out to me and say, Hey, I've heard about your, this doodling thing you're doing. We'll pay you some money and buy you a ticket to come to our thing in Dallas or our thing in Orlando or a thing in DC. And I thought, Whoa, someone's going to actually give me real money to do this. Okay, let's see where this goes. So took some PTO, flew out a few for a few of these things, loved it, was excited about the idea, was encouraged by others that this was something worth pursuing. And after a few successful gigs and a few more that were on the radar, I decided the time is right to start a business. Again, not knowing what I was doing. I had never taken a business class in my life. I never set out to become an entrepreneur, but it felt like there was momentum. And so I just decided, let's chase this. And so left that job in the fall of 2013. So coming up on 10 years mm. uh, uh, since that day and have had just an amazing adventure ever since growing uh, a successful creative business. It's not been easy, uh, but it's been worth it. It's not been, it's not all come naturally to me, but I've learned that anything can be learned and anything, you know, you can find people, you can delegate. And so that's just some of, those are some of the lessons I've put into this book because I want other creatives to feel inspired and encouraged to launch their thing or pursue their best next step, um, whatever that happens to be. You know, um, thanks for sharing that story. It's it's such a great um, it's such a great way to start a business where you have a skill, you have something special that you do, and you're sort of pulled into it by people who recognize that value. Um, as I mentioned, one of the great things about your book is you tell all sorts, you tell that story, you tell all sorts of stories about. Um, growing your business over the years, many of which were the bad times and the tough times and the things you learned from. So I think all of that is 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 really impactful as you read it. One of the things I told you, and I just sort of share with everybody listening, is like, I know you wrote this for creatives that you know want to be better at the business side of things. I think it's for anyone that has a small business in general would benefit greatly from this. I, I already have sent a couple of nuggets from your book to other people who run companies, small businesses that are, they're not creative. Um, it's really, it's really fantastic. I actually think like you could, you could tweak the idea of it to like anyone who has a, a, a skill, um, and has started a business. Um, because that's one of the things that's somewhat unique about me is I wasn't good at anything. So it wasn't like I was like starting this first, you know, in my dorm room, I was building websites with my roommate and I was programming, but I wasn't particularly good at it. So it was very quick and easy for me to <laughs> bring on a third partner who's like, all right, you're much better at development than me. I'll start figuring out the business side of these things. But most people, it seems, have a skill. They have something that they're passionate about. Right, they right. get into a business and then suddenly they're like, oh, now I run a business. This sucks. And your book, I just thought it did such a great job of sort of weaving through, like, it doesn't have to be that scary. And there's easy ways to start getting your hands around it. And so I, I just think anyone who, who you know, has that sort of direction in their life should should pick up a copy. Well, I appreciate that. And And the reality is that the basics of business are not that complex. And, and I mean, <laughs> the reason I say that is because I... I've I've successfully grown a business and I don't think I'm that good at business. Uh, but you know, the, the basics are not that complex. So yeah, I wrote this with a creative audience in mind, but I I, I agree with you and I, I hope that this could be a this could be a meaningful resource to 
non-creatives too. Anyone who wants to scale and grow a business Mm -hmm. needs to figure out the basics of finance. They need to figure out the basics of hiring a team. They need to figure out how to separate their own self-worth from their product or from their clients, you know, praise or, you know, booze, uh, you know, whatever it is. So I, yeah, I hope that this makes a difference in, in not only creatives lives, but also anyone who's starting a new thing or trying to get something off the ground. Yeah, I, I think it will. Um, one of the, you mentioned delegation earlier, that was one of my favorite sort of sections of the book was um, the framework for dele- delegation. Um, I think people are going to really resonate with that. Um, I was curious, is there is there a sort of favorite part of the book or lesson in there that you sort of go back to or, or you think that mo- most people will gravitate toward? One of my favorite stories in the book has to do with this period about two and a half years into running my business. And I tell two, I tell two stories in the book. The first one has to do with my grandfather's funeral. And the reason I tell this story is because uh, I was about two and a half years into, into running my business. And at that point, we were starting to grow. We had some momentum. We had a lot of projects. And at that point, I was doing almost all the work myself. I was doing the sales. I was doing the creative work. I was doing the bookkeeping. I was doing the invoicing. I was meeting with people. I was doing 95% of the work. And so I tell a story about how the night before my grandfather's funeral, I had to stay up until 3.30 to finish getting a client project done. 3.30 in, in, at night, <laughs> not the afternoon. So I was staying up till 3.30, getting this work done, hustling to get out the door, writing a few more emails. And then I set about writing my grandfather's eulogy till about 4.30 in the morning. And then I went home, I went to bed for about two hours, got up at seven and then went out to the funeral and then delivered the eulogy and just was a mess, just like bawling, giving this eulogy. And I, I, I said, well, you know, why, why was I such a mess? One, I love my grandfather. I mean, obviously, duh. We had a great relationship and I was going to miss him. But two, I was just burned the heck out. I mean, I, I had just, I just worked myself down to the bone and had little to nothing left in the tank. Around the same time, there's another story I tell, which is that my brother and I were planning this epic adventure to Vietnam. We were going to go to Vietnam and Cambodia for for nine or 10 days, do all this awesome stuff. And it was around that same time frame. And it was the day before we were set to leave. And I had to stay up until I think 2.30 or 3 to get some, some deliverables done. And I remember feeling so much stress and so much anxiety about getting my work done that I almost canceled the trip. I almost thought, I can't, I can't do this. Thankfully, I, I did, at the time, I had just hired a part-time admin assistant and I had a contract animator. And I remember being so burned out and so exasperated, um, exhausted, exasperated. I don't know if that's the right word. I was so exhausted that I emailed my part-time assistant. And I emailed this contractor and I said, hey guys, I'm about to go on this trip. I don't want anyone to email me. I don't want, I'm not going to check my email. I need a break. You guys take care of things. And I remember signing off and thinking, I hope I have a business when I get back. <laughs> I hope this thing doesn't fall apart in the 10 days I'm on this trip. And so I came back from that trip refreshed, inspired. I had a great time. I needed it. It filled my bucket uh, just to have that experience stepping away from work. But I also came back realizing that, hey, my business was still afloat. Like Things were good. Like My assistant, Jamie Lee, at the time, she had been talking to clients. She had been setting up meetings. My contract animator had been getting some creative work done and and it was great. And I'm sure there are horror stories 
where you delegate and you step away and things don't go so well. But the reason I tell both of those stories about my grandfather's funeral and my trip to Vietnam was that it's critical to have a team around you. A lot of creatives, especially, and I would say other other people that are really good at what they do and start a business, they just tend to do it all themselves. I don't know if it's if it's a, a control thing or, you know, well, I don't know what it is, but but creatives especially, you know, we're used to working on our thing by ourselves for long hours alone. And that might be okay in art school, but that's not okay in the real world. So every creative professional needs a team around them, whether that's just your mom or someone who can help you send invoices, or whether it's a, a team of contractors or even a full-time team of, 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 of employees like I have now. We all need people around us. And um, so those are two of my favorite stories of the book that just illustrated very uh, painful, painfully for me that I needed to start scaling up and, and having a team because that kind of lifestyle was not sustainable. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, I love business books where there's real stories like that. So, um, those, those were definitely some of my favorites. Um, I'm curious as you think back to when you were starting your, your company, um, in 2013, obviously just having access to this book would have given you, um, confidence and, you know, a little bit of, um, I don't know, might've might have alleviated some of the pressure, but is there a, if you if you if you had to pick like I wish I had known this when I started is there one particular thing of course the one thing I wish I had known sooner actually can I I'm going to give you two answers yeah give me two the first one has to do with hiring actually both have to do with hiring uh but different angles on it the first answer is that I wish I had delegated away my weaknesses sooner in the process um I I'll give you an example I sent invoices and did the billing for the first three years of my business. Why did I do it? I don't know. I suck at math. I hate math. I hate numbers. I'm not good at it. But for some reason, I had such a hard time letting go of that. And it wasn't until I hired Sydney was her name to help me with the invoicing and the bookkeeping and the billing. I thought, this is incredible. She enjoys this work. Her, you know, sitting down for a few hours and turning on some music and just kind of crunching numbers was her idea of a great afternoon. To me, that was torture. So I hired her and then we would do the invoicing together. And I thought, this is incredible. This used to take me four or five hours a week. It used to drain me. I used to hate it. And now we cover it all in a 30-minute meeting and I love it. And so I jokingly tell my team that to this day, that 30-minute kind of invoicing meeting, billing meeting is my favorite 30 minutes of the week because it reminds me of how once upon a time I would spend hours and hours and hours doing this thing that I sucked at that someone else can do a better job of at can do a better job with it than I ever would. And so I think, the, by the way, I think in the book, you tell also that not only did all that happen, but also you started getting paid more quickly. Like she, everything of course. went better. <laughs> Cash flow got better. Errors right. got caught. We, 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 we invoice clients for, for some payments we forgot to invoice for. Yep. It was amazing. And that's a lesson from the book, which is that as, as you, as you delegate away your weaknesses, and then you also hire people that amplify your strengths I mean, boom, your potential will just be unlocked. If you can just get out of your own way, take the lid off of your organization, bring other people around you that will fill your gaps and magnify your strengths, then mm -hmm. potential it will just be unlocked. So that's the first lesson I wish I'd really known at the very beginning because I probably would have made some decisions sooner than waiting until it was painful um, to make that decision. The second thing I would do is is have a more I would encourage myself to have a little bit more strategic approach to hiring. 
I think in the beginning, I was so eager to get a team around me that I made some mistakes and probably hired too quickly. I wish I had done some more testing before, you know, test driving before I buy. And there's some strategies I unpack in the book about ways to do that. Ways to ask really good interview questions. I think that's one thing I've gotten better at over the years is asking the right questions, getting better at drafting job descriptions. Because I mean, and in, in in hindsight, you know, I give myself a pass because I was new and I was just trying to figure it out. And and any help was was welcome help. But over the years, I've learned how to hire better, how to ask questions to to figure out what I need to know. And make sure when you're bringing somebody onto the team, they're gonna um, mm-hmm. they're gonna be a valuable addition. Yep, yep. Uh, both of those come through in the book. Um, and as as I said, like as I read it, I, I wished I had read this when I started my first company. So I just think it's it's fantastic. All right, so we're not going to spoil any more of the stories in the book. People need <laughs> to go out and get it. There'll be a, a link in the show notes for sure. Um, I, a couple more questions though. Um, you you must have more books in you. Always. Yeah. I've got lots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I know now's not the time because your book's just out, you know, you're, you're, you're off and running, but, um, yeah, my wife would have a heart attack if she knew that I was plotting my second book. Right. So let's not, let's not go too deep into that. I am curious. Are you a big reader? I'm a huge reader. I love reading books. It's one of my favorite things to do. Haven't read too many books for the last few months. Cause I've been working on my own, but I'm, I'm a huge reader. Yeah. I, I felt I, I read um, Stephen King's book on writing and it's, it's both a hybrid, his autobiography, but also his advice on how to become a writer and how to write. It's fantastic. If you haven't read it, put it on my list. Yeah. It's called on writing. Um, But um, you know, one of the things he says is the best way to become a good writer is to be a good reader. Uh, The, the best writers, are always people Amen. who read a lot. Yeah. And so I, I again, like as I read your stuff, I'm like, all right, this guy probably reads a lot um, because I, I can just tell the way, the way that you write. Um, you mentioned is sort of random, but you mentioned Terrence, Le- Terrence Lester in the book. Um, oh Terrence, yeah. Terrence is the man. What a great dude. Um, I just chatted, caught up with him yesterday. Um, but, but what you talk about in the book is sort of, you have um, Joanne Harold, who is also a Ripple's media author, talks about her posse. Um, but like you've got a group of people that support you. And I just want to learn a little bit more about that. For sure. So I've I've if <laughs> one of the takeaways from the book is I'm a big believer in community. That 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 comes through many, many times in the book. You gotta have people around you. You have to have your tribe around you. You can't go it alone as a creative or, or as anyone, any kind of an entrepreneur, you can't go alone. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I've had a great tribe of people around me throughout the years. And I try to be pe- members of other people's tribes too. And so when I was working on this book, I wanted to, I wanted to launch in a big way. I wanted to not just write a book and kind of publish it. I mean, I think, I think there's value in, in just getting something out of the world, but I wanted to, I wanted to launch it. I wanted to make a big deal about it. So I emailed about 200 250 of my closest friends, family, and colleagues, including people like Terrence. And I said, Hey, I'm writing this book. Would you be willing to be part of my launch team? And I gave three different levels of what commitment looked like, a bronze, silver, and gold commitment levels. And I said, would you be willing to opt into one of these levels? And it was remarkable and humbling just how many people enthusiastically said, yes, sign me up. Terrence is one of those people we've had the pleasure of, of supporting his organization and, and working together. And um, we were in a, a mentorship group together for a few years. 
So love the guy and just it meant the world when people like Terrence wrote back and said, of course, I'm in, sign me up. And so, yeah, it's it's just been incredible pleasure to to not only write this book, but have have a tribe of people that are that are kind of cheering me on along the way, helping it get across the finish line. And, and then hopefully, you know, helping helping it sell and helping it make get out there into the world and 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 get into the hands of people that need to read it. And so one thing that I did, this is kind of a fun little teaser for the book, is I incentivized people to join the gold squad, the highest level of commitment on the launch team, by promising that they'd get their character in the book. <laughs> and so uh, when you read the book, you'll flip to the back and you'll see in the acknowledgements, there's a big old character of the 25 or so people that joined the the gold squad. And Terrence is one, one of them. And it was fun. that you, Nothing incentivized people quite like promising to get their face <laughs> in the be- in a book. So I love that. That's that was so fun. And and I, I might I might also add that we I don't know if we talked about this yet, Jeff, but this book is fully illustrated. This is a podcast, so it's an auditory medium, but but the Conquering Creative book is fully illustrated. There's over 150 illustrations and it's one of my favorite parts of the book. So Same. I it hope was- people I hope people read it. They'll find that there's probably almost every page has a drawing on it. And it was so fun to read with that. Oh man, it was really cool to have the illustrations. I agree. Well, I have to remind myself this this is a business book for creative people. You know, creative people don't normally read business books. So right. what was one way that I could entice people to actually open it up and read through it? And that was just by just loading it with illustrations, which I'm sure your 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 team at Ripples, Andrew and the team uh, have have earned their keep of laying out this book. Uh, but you know, they've done a great job of taking the illustrations and, and integrating into the layout and the design. So, um, but yeah, it was, yep. it's been a lot of fun. It looks great. All right. Last question for you. Um, what advice would you have for, uh, somebody thinking of writing their first book? Wow. Incredible question. The first bit of advice I would have is put yourself in your reader's shoes and figure out what problem they would be wanting to solve by reading your book. Mm. It's one thing to say, I need to write a book, but people buy books to solve problems. You know, they buy a book. Well, unless it's entertainment only, obviously that's a problem because they want to be entertained, but most people will buy a business book or they'll buy some kind of a book like that because they're trying to solve a problem or they're trying to achieve something. And so figure out what is that question you're trying to help answer for somebody. And the second bit of advice I would give is to create a process to write it. It's one thing to be have this amazing goal to write a book. It's another thing to create an incredible process that will facilitate that writing. And so once you have your idea and once you have your, your plan, then obsess over the process. Mm. The goal will take... The book will take care of itself if you obsess over the process. And that's why we were able, the team, the Ripples team, and I were able to get this book done in a relatively fast time frame. Was because I created a process to write it, and I just obsessed over it for six months, last seven months, and it's almost here, a few days to go, and it will be in the world. Yep. Well, again, congratulations. Um, I love it. I can't wait to promote it. We'll we'll put all the um, links in the show notes here so people can get it. Um, I wish you all the best. And and uh, I know once people get this book in their hands, they're going to fall in love with it. Um, you going to do an audio book, an audio version? I'd love to. I'll have to uh, talk to you guys about yeah, how to do that. Yeah. We'll talk about it. It would be great to hear your voice telling these stories just Everyone, like we did on this. I would, I would love to do it. And um, I know a lot of my, I know a lot of people prefer audiobooks for reading in the car and all these things. So let's make it happen. Awesome. Good. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, William. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks, Jeff. And I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, creating the Ribbles Media team and organization and uh, giving authors like me the chance to to uh, make our vision a reality. It's been a real, a real, a real uh, pleasure. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. And I really do appreciate you listening. 